Wavy hand emoji, Jason. Wavy hand emoji, Gary. Computer emoji. Suit and tie emoji. Briefcase emoji. Thumbs up. Face with rolling eyes. Aw, kissy heart face emoji. Face with dollar sign for eyes and then its tongue is green and there's another dollar sign on it emoji. Picture of fork. Picture of plate. Picture of knife. Aubergine emoji. Aubergine emoji? Blushing face emoji. Devil face emoji. No. Aubergine. Actual aubergine. Smiley face emoji. Thumbs up emoji. Then aubergine? Innocent face emoji. Winky face. Nose emoji. Picture of air being blown towards nose. Thumbs up emoji. Face with tongue stuck out. Grinning face emoji. Face wearing sunglasses. Pointy finger. Man running. Sun emoji. Tree emoji. Tree emoji. Tree emoji. Picture of man running. Picture of man running. Rocket ship. Horse. Horse. Unicorn. Sweaty face. Bicep emoji. Bicep emoji. Sleepy face. Z emoji. Applause emoji. Gold medal. Gold medal. Championship cup emoji. Weird cone thing with confetti coming out of it. Hunky man playing water polo with appropriate skin tone to match yours. Oh, shoe emoji. Poo emoji. Shoe emoji. Poo emoji. Well, dog emoji. Poo emoji. Green face holding back vomit. Aubergine emoji. Green tick box emoji. Heart emoji. Contented green emoji. Contented grin emoji. Foodcast announcement. For our American listeners who didn't understand this scene, an aubergine is an eggplant. You're welcome. Hello everyone and welcome to the Oodcast, the Ood One Out. I'm your host, Christopher Sigma, or Mead. Both of those surnames are true in a literal or figurative sense. Thank you so much for joining us as we look at the second episode of season 10 of Doctor Who, which is called Smile. And I am just overjoyed to have with me another Ood, Chris Alpha. Yeah, another another Chris Ood. Another Chris hey. Ood, yes. This is just the, the Chris show. We should call it yeah. the Chris one out. Uh, the Chris two out? Chris No, with it. Oh, the Chris, Chris two went. in. Yeah, oh, that's better. Yeah, we'll yeah. go with that. Okay, cool. Um, we're sort of, <clears throat> I mean, the idea is eventually, I mean, I think even maybe next week, we're going to have a guest on that isn't one of the original hosts. Ugh. But what we're doing is we're doing this slowly where we're letting you get used to the idea that there might be other people on the show. But not this week. This week, we just have the old crew. No. Uh, bad luck, everyone. Yeah, we're, we're still sticking around somewhere. People have been very <clears throat> nice. I know. It's been, it's been great. Mm. It's, yeah, it's funny because we have really wanted to come back <laughs> and and just finding places and ways to do it has mm. been a, a balance act. So it's nice that people are happy to hear us. I yeah. won't say see us. That doesn't work. We thought maybe we could get two in any one place at any one time. Yeah. Well, well and so far, two for two. Yeah, two for two. Two for squared. two for two, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so this week we are, as I said, having a look at the second episode, Smile. Um, we are going to use our new format where we're going to say three things each that we thought were great about the episode and maybe one thing that we thought could use a little work. That's a bit of a distillation of the UCAS style. Statistically, three good things to every one bad thing that we say. <laughs> that does sound about right, yeah. One thing. Okay, well, I'll start basic then. The premise, the, yeah. the, the setting. It, it felt sort of really new and really old at the same time. It's sort of, you know, it, it, I guess if you look at the, the things that came up in my mind as soon as I saw what was going on were obviously things like old stories like The Happiness Patrol. Yes. But basically any 60s or 70s Dalek story. <laughs> Exploring an empty city and then finding out it's not quite as empty as you thought it was. But I love that because the point of it seemed to be more to create an architecture of a story to allow the characters to work in rather than to make them go through a full gung-ho adventure. And I I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was nicely paced, except for one bit where we'll come for that later. And I thought it's, it, yeah, just a room to rattle around in and discover more about each other. Um, and I thought it was beautiful. Yeah, and quite chilling, this idea of a galactic oh, yeah. abattoir and the human race slowly moving towards its more. Yeah. And having no idea. Well, that's, the, yeah, it, it felt like there were so many things that have appeared in other forms, like la like the first episode, you know, the water monster thing mm -hmm. has happened before, but then so is the flesh eating, the, the person eating thing, uh, you know, and it, but it didn't matter to me because there were so many things in there that it felt a little bit like a distillation of lots of who ideas in one place, but none of them were kind of the point. Well, yeah, I mean, we're talking about a 50-year-old show now. Yeah. I mean, not many other TV series have this kind of baggage to pull along with them anymore. No, they can draw that map as many times as they want. They're still going to keep going the same down, down the same streets repeatedly. Yeah, I, I don't think you can really level the criticism of we've seen that before. No. It's the new angles on it, uh, the new ways to make it fresh again. Yeah. Which has allowed, I think, the series to, to keep going for so long. Yeah, I think so. It's just that, yeah, the constant reinvention of the same things in different places or, or in different people. Cinematography and production design. Ah, uh, yeah. This episode looked ravishing. It did. The cornfields, this incredible structure that they had found, presumably. Yeah. Um, the way it was shot and then those brilliant robot designs I mean, they were simple, but whenever the robot did the thinking face, mm -hmm. it made me laugh so much. Yes, yes. I loved it. Or was it, it was slightly suspicious face. Yeah. That was the one that really made me laugh. Yeah, yeah. I just loved it. I loved the death head face. I loved the angles that they shot the architecture at. I loved the fact that the original spaceship was sort of the normal Doctor Who oily, dirty, mm. boiler room type spaceship. And I loved Bill's line. Uh, I think that the in, the interior designer of in here should have spoke to the interior <laughs> designer out there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just, I thought it, it looked great. And, and that was really nice to see. Yeah, yeah. I don't, but so that is, is sort of my second point too. Two things. 
um, which is nice. It, it, the episode looks beautiful. The direction was fantastic again. And there was a really nice use of light to kind of, it, it felt like, um, I'm never very confident talking about direction because I, I don't really know what I'm talking about, but it felt like there was a really nice use of light to distinguish between the human bit and the robot built city and the outside. Everything was brilliantly bright, mm-hmm. except for when you were in the, the spaceship. It, I know that's partly because they're in a contained structure then and it's all man-made, any old iron, as the Doctor called it, I think. Sure. Um, but, you know, those two things, you know, cutting from one to the other is such a contrast. And it's, you know, there were at least two points in the episode where I had to blink really hard to then refocus on what was going on because it's such a change. Normally in Doctor you shouldn't blink. No, no, absolutely. Yeah. So to summarise, they pointed the camera real good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it, well, if we're talking about production as well, whoever found that building mm. should be given a pay rise. <laughs> because, and, I mean, that was in Valencia. And I've been, I, I know someone who's been there mm-hmm. who uh, talked to me for a long time yesterday about it. Um, <clears throat> and it's built in a, I can't remember, I think that's built in a riverbed, in a dry riverbed, um, which is sort of, when you look at the uh, pictures on Google, actually... There's city either side of that. <laughs> so to, to have done what they did with it and made it look so good in such an alien setting um, was really clever and looked beautiful. I loved the fields of wheat. Yeah. I really like the idea of robots pollinating as well. That's really cool. Yeah. The music and the sound design. Um, I don't normally notice that stuff so much because I don't generally watch it with headphones on. Mm -hmm. But I did this time because I have a baby who may well have woken up. And actually the music was beautiful and really nicely matched everything happening. I know that seems like a really basic point to me, but it didn't interrupt the story for me. And I'm aware the series has been moaned about. For being it wasn't too loud, always thus. No, but um, it felt like a nice compliment, and it worked for me. So, in it, you know, well done, Murray Gold. Is it still Murray Gold? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I should be better at this. I should look <laughs> up this stuff. All it I do really matter though. Neither of us oh. notice it normally. It's... No, true. <laughs> Music man done good. Bill Potts. Yeah. Still a huge fan. Oh, yeah. Love the way she is progressing as a companion. She's bringing something fresh and new to it, which, as we say, as we said before, is not easy in this show. Mm. Uh, but it, but she isn't a puzzle box or something unto, to unpack. She's just a really cool person. She is believable. The actor is great. I am just... I'm on board the Bill Potts Express is what I'm saying, Chris. Yeah, she's not a plot device no. so far. Um, and she's asking the kinds of questions companions aren't supposed to ask. Well, um, he's her professor. Yeah. And the fact that he is also makes me go a little warm inside because yeah, that's yeah. what Ace used to call the seventh doctor. <laughs> she did, yeah. That kind of mentor-mentee relationship yeah. that we really haven't seen, I don't think, quite like this Clara was always ahead of the doctor essentially yeah. um, Amy and Rose and Martha all had varying degrees of of a love interest in him and this straight pupil lecturer kind of dynamic mm. feels really 
great yeah. to me. There's a point at which I, I, I think I'm now waiting for the point where they where he'll realise he's taught her too well and she's asking questions that are making him consider himself more, which <clears throat> he doesn't really like doing from past stories. So, you know, I, I wonder whether that's where that's going, but it's entirely speculation It's a, and I don't like speculating, so I'm going to stop. Three things that we liked. The dialogue was just excellent. It's just, you know, it's a, it's similar to, to your point in that actually it was mostly just the two of them. And it's them cementing their relationship um, because they're going into a place where actually she has no clue what's happening. And he makes it look like he does, but actually, you know, he jumps to conclusions a couple of times and they're wrong. Um, so, you know, she's able to see him doing that and, ah, okay. <laughs> you know, those two gelling and just talking about themselves gelling in in a way is was just really, really watchable. They're two really good screen presences, obviously, um, and they have a really good chemistry. And, it you know, the dialogue really served it in this episode, I think. Yeah, and we're still at the point where we're reminding reminding viewers or showing new viewers stuff about the series. So we got the two hearts thing. If you started watching this series, what are the the things we learnt this week that, that the first episode hadn't already sketched out? Also, we're starting to see introduced uh, parts of the season arc, but not in a kind of awful foregrounded kind of way we now know that the doctor has made an oath to stay on earth yep. shades of the third doctor there <laughs> yeah. um but they're just they're just treated with a really light touch there's just something about the season so far yeah. it's got its mojo back not that i ever didn't like it no no yeah, but it too. seems so confident and 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 vital this season but there, there are times when i sort of uh, I'm, I'm with you i've always really enjoyed it whatever uh, there are times where I can see it sort of become a bit too twisty-turny and it feels a little bit like it's disappearing within itself. Creaking under its <clears> internal <throat> pressures. Yeah, but this time it does feel free and it feels, you know, it feels like they've they've opened a window <laughs> and there's there's a new air in that room. Or two it's windows, so there's yeah. a through-draft. Yeah, wow. Oh, but now you're blowing my mind. It does slam doors that though sometimes, yeah, yeah, guys. Yeah. Don't do that too often. So, it's, yeah, it's, it is, it feels different and it feels great. We're just at a point now where Peter Capaldi can play the Doctor he wants to play. Yeah. And if you think about the 12th Doctor in the first two seasons, he sort of changed personality on the whims of the author. Mm. He could be dark and grumpy or quite fun and light, but it, 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 there wasn't a progression there as much as perhaps before. And it was almost as if this regeneration took a a lot longer to finish cooking, I think. So he was a yeah. bit grandfatherly in the first season. In the second one, he found his sort of inner punk rebel. Now he is just the Doctor, and he's such a fascinating guy. Mm. This incarnation is a fascinating one. Um, he's got gravitas because he looks a bit older again. Mm. He's got that grandfatherly thing, but he is also one of the coolest men alive. Yeah. Um, and he, and you can hold those two things. He holds those two things in balance really well. So I think in his last season, I've got to say, 
Peter Capaldi is doing this incredible performance, but he's also being supported by the writing in doing that incredible performance. Um, so I think both of those things are working pretty admirably at the moment. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to leave that untouched because I, th- I, I, agree, I agree with you. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, we are now uh, to the point where we have to say, you know, something that we thought yeah. wasn't working as well. I should say at this point, I wasn't going to put this in, but Laura said to me, no, you've got to have some critical value into the episode, otherwise no one's going to listen to it. So here is your critical thought for the day. This bit is not so good. Two parts of the story felt a little bit tagged on. Firstly, the, the, the first scene was great fun but it felt like it belonged in the first episode right in this one um having said that meh, I, I liked it so whatever um and the ending felt a bit rushed but also i don't really care about it that much because you know it, it it's another one of those oh well i'll just reboot this and start again but actually yeah i kind of got it it, it worked in terms of the story for me mm-hmm. it did feel a bit quick and the characterization of the humans just going for the guns felt a little bit stock maybe, but you know, humans are idiots. Maybe we would do that. Maybe we would. um, Although I don't think a laser gun is the best way to try and kill bees. No, no, that's, um, yeah. We're we're also not the wisest race in the universe. I think we know that. I tried really hard to think about something I didn't like. The best I could come up with was that I thought the emoji thing was a little bit too contemporary Mm. i think it's going to date the episode but that's such a tiny point yeah it's it's a little bit like thinking well you know i didn't like it because why did those nanobots you know be programmed to just strip a human of all flesh why would you give them that ability when they got sad right should we go over the vardy nanobot project sure thing how are they turning out Good, I think. We're nearing a final design, and then we can start assembly. Good to hear. The size? Oh, we got that worked out in the end. They'll be really, really small. Lovely. And the programming? Oh, mostly gardening and environmental tasks at the moment. Regulating temperature and soil moisture, that kind of thing. Making sure the food will all grow. Producing fertiliser by swarming angrily and stripping a human to the bone in 0.65 seconds. Standard function stuff. Hmm, excellent news. Carry on the good work. Thanks, will do. Whoa, whoa, hold on, hold on. What was that last bit you said again? Oh, the gardening and environmental programming. That's it. Good work. And the instant flesh-eating swarms. Okay, bye! Imagine that. Robots that do gardening. Whatever next. Be aggressive. Be, be aggressive. (laughs) So, tiny niggly point. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. This this episode... um, if I understood such things and could work them, would get a big smiley face and a thumbs up emoji. Okay, here's the haiku for smile. Moody colonists used to feed crops by robots. He has to reboot. Lovely stuff. And I'm sure everyone is also gagging to hear Andy's thoughts on the episode. So please enjoy now our regular feature, Classic Andy. It's Andy. Woo! It's Andy. Yeah. It's time for Classic, Classic Andy, Andy. With stuff he saw inside the show that he thinks that they planned. I did enjoy Smile's rich evocation of elements of the Hooniverse. There's something lovely about watching the Doctor and his quite frankly brilliant new companion. Capaldi and Makia are just so great. 
just stood in the console room of the TARDIS discussing how it works. I do like the acknowledgement that this isn't an ordinary spaceship with a captain's chair, and that it's all about the still point between where you want to go and where you need to be. And most wonderful of all for me is the acknowledgement of the significance of the police box sign, which when I was nine gave me the same sense of realisation and appreciation of the Doctor's character as it does for Bill here. As with last week's puddle reminded me of the deadly assassin, the engine room spanners here remind me of Douglas Adams' wonderful pirate planet. Was that a deliberate reference? I hope so. Exploring an alien city built with mind-boggling technology and high-concept scripting and narrative is, of course, a familiar trope for Doctor Who, going right back to the beginning. And to cap this intense and thoughtful story, we are dropped into an unexpected and tantalising glimpse of next week's episode. Big thanks to those on Twitter who made the 1960s-esque next episode caption for this moment. In any case, when the Doctor, Bill and Nardole do get to have that cup of tea... I guess it'll lead to something pretty amazing. That that really was classic, Andy. Uh, we now have a thriving listeners group on Facebook yeah, uh, called The Commodity. So please go there and challenge us, talk to us. We're all in the group. Talk about what you thought of the episode. There is a nice little community developing there. People talking about the episodes in advance and then debating them afterwards. We would encourage you to join. That's mm. facebook.com slash the commodity. Spell, I guess, as it sounds. We're, we are not in any way making you into merchandise. So don't worry about that. Yeah, we're not going to sell your data to some galactic corporation in a Doctor Who style plot. No. Well, that's it for another all-too-short episode of The Ood One Out. Chris Alpha, thank you so much for coming back. A a complete pleasure. We will hope to see you again very soon. I'm sure you will. I think we're getting a taste for it again now. That's the problem. Yeah, well, you know, once you get addicted to bicycles, you don't stop forgetting how to ride them. That's the saying. Yeah, Yeah, that is the saying. I, I nailed it. Brilliant. Um, yeah, I'm, I have no doubt that Laura is now going to sing a song. Bye bye. Bye. Smile, though your heart is aching. Smile, it could save your bacon. Nanobot clouds in the sky. You will die. Just smile, hear the robots buzzing. Smile, though they kill your cousin. Also, your grandma, and if you're blue, you too. Light up your face with gladness. Every trace of sadness Show no mistrust Or you'll be Continue for 
actually think the best thing about that aubergine sketch is that i called it emojis mm-hmm. like japanese no one's ever gonna know that that's like the best joke and it's just the title yeah but we know that we know it. 